Hey everyone, it's Dan. Welcome to Eventually Super Train, episode... I'm here at the piano today and I'm playing a little song called I Don't Play the Piano. Could you tell? Oh yeah, that was nice. What do these pedals do under here? I'm pushing down on one. Oh, is that, is that what it does? Hey everyone. Yeah, sit back, relax. It's episode 64. Short-lived TV show podcast covering three shows at a time. I got that chord down. Oh, that's that's up there. Whoa. Oh, those are the black keys. Oh yeah, remember this? That was all the rage for a while. Anyway, as I'm saying, I'm sitting with you here, and I don't even remember what I'm doing anymore. I'm I'm oh no, that's lovely. Wasn't that lovely? Okay, so what we're doing. Avengers Super Train 64. We're covering three episodes of three. Oh yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah, short lived TV shows. We're starting off with Erie, Indiana. Episode three Myself and Amy the Conqueror. Chatting about that. And then I'll be talking about episode three of The Last Precinct, which is going to be great. You're going to love it. And then Mitchell Hadley is back. That's the Mitchell Hadley chord. And that's it on the other end. Isn't that fun? It's after us again. Mitchell Hadley and I will be discussing episode 20 of Bourbon Street Beat. I'm going to stop playing the piano in a moment, and we're going to dive into Erie, Indiana. Ooh. Ooh, gosh. Hmm. Well, you know, they, they can't all be great notes, folks. So uh, that's me at the piano, and this is you listening to the episode. Please enjoy. Welcome to Erie, Indiana, discussion of a TM with a heart of gold with Dan and Amy the Conqueror. Amy, hello. What sort of transaction would you like today? <laughs> hey, Dan. <laughs> hey, what, 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 what up? Was that Mr. Wilson from uh, Mr. Wilson from Dennis the Menace? No, folks. Mr. Wilson from this. How are you doing, Amy? <laughs> I'm doing great after that. I, I don't know what I was doing right there. I because I, I I always have the episodes. No, it was pretty play. great. So. Okay, oh, I I have the episodes playing to my left. Ain't it good to know that you got a friend? I have the episodes playing, and uh, I just as I we do a countdown, and it it it, it this countdown we actually did a countdown from 15 because Amy needed a few seconds. And so by the time we got to zero, um, Mr. Wilson was on the thing. And you don't know who Mr. Wilson is yet. You will shortly. Amy, can I jump in with a little plot breakdown? Would you mind? Oh, please do. 
September 29th, 1991, where were you? I was in my freshman year of college, uh, end of my first month, living in a double in Ithaca College in Holmes Hall. Oh, my gosh. Simon Holmes. Um, Holmes Hall, it, it was a double that was... Uh, they made in, they made into a triple, and when I say they made into a triple, they just put an extra bed in it. So that's I don't even know how I made it through that year. But anyway, September twenty ninth, nineteen ninety one, directed by Sam Pillsbury, written by Matt Dearborn, ATM with a heart of gold. Here is Dan Budnick, one of my favorite people, most of the time, giving you a breakdown. When Dad created Mister Wilson, the friendly automated teller machine, he had no idea what was going to happen to Erie. Everybody's heard of the savings and loan scandal, but what happened to my best friend Simon is even weirder. Yes, this episode begins with a brand new ATM created by a Marshall's dad, Edgar, which he he works for Things Incorporated, by the way, and he uh, creates this ATM, which basically is Max Headroom-esque and sort of has a face that looks a lot like his dad on it. And it says, you know, what what do you want to do today? Hello, friend, you know, things like that. And uh, most of the people in Erie kind of ignore it because it's a bit eerie. Meanwhile, Marshall and Simon are kind of hanging out with some, I guess, slightly older boys who are jerks. And they kind of do a lot of ignoring of Simon and hang out with Marshall. And Marshall kind of ends up hanging out with his kids a little bit more than Simon. And Simon is one day kind of interacts with Mr. Wilson and Mr. Wilson gives him money and then more money. And then more money. Oh boy. And using that money, Simon more or less buys friends. Lots of friends. All ages of friends. And he's got tons of money. He's got a closet full of money. But where's that money coming from? Where's Mr. Wilson taking it from? And is a huge financial depression about to hit the people of Erie as Simon buys bigger and better sneakers? I'm going to leave it there because we'll probably go into it. Let's go. All right. Amy, what did you think of ATM with a heart of gold? Um, well, I enjoyed this one more than the retainer, so that's saying something. Good, good. I still didn't like it as much as the first one, but I thought it was mm. fun. It reminded me of uh like Max Headroom. Yes. So like some some eighties <laughs> computer graphics and yes. I mean I like the story. The shoes and the fashion that was that was really something, and I kept trying to remember, like, in 91, did I see anybody wearing those um, sneakers that Simon oh, yes. wore? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, I know they were made up for the show, but even anything remotely like that. <laughs> yeah. Um, so. I, I mean, I think yeah. that was, um, I want to say it was like uh, Marty McFly in 2015 was wearing those, wasn't he? Yeah, <laughs> exactly. They were self-lacing. And <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay, I'll, I liked I'll, it though. I'll, I mean, I yeah. I thought it was a fun episode. It was just mm-hmm. you know, it, it felt like a you know kind of after school specialist yes. special ish with its uh, it had a message. Yes. Whereas I don't really know if the first two uh, episodes had any kind of message. Yeah, that, <laughs> that that was exactly what I was going to say. This this one has a very specific kids show message was the first two mm-hmm. don't which is part of the fun because you get like some of i'm trying to I, I i i'm thinking of did adventures of pete and pete have messages i don't i don't fully remember them uh, yeah they did but they were usually pretty buried okay all right because i was going to say to me this this feels 
it, it does have a message. It's interesting because it has a message, which is you can't buy friends. Although maybe you can. I don't know. I've never had the amount of money that, that Simon has had. Maybe you can buy friends. <laughs> Amy, can you buy friends? I don't know. Have you have you been in a position um, to buy friends? Uh, not to my knowledge. I like I like you. I have not had the kind of money to to buy friends. The, do we call it a, fr- <laughs> a, a good friend buy? And um, uh, I I think I think the interesting thing about the episode is you get the you get the you get really weird stuff like the um, world of stuff. Um, shop, which is gloriously goofy with a, a proprietor. Oh, yeah, I would love to go in that place. Yeah, Absolutely. who has the skies on, different times. And um, what is it like? Um, World of Stuff and Marshall says, like, we had the stop and snack, the pick and go, and the save and haul. Those were the great <laughs> places they had back in Jersey. And I think in this one, too, if, I, if I'm if i correct, Marshall does, is no longer wearing the New York Giants. Um, no, he's not actually. Yeah, he got rid of that. Yeah. So he's finally, he's got like a red hoodie, kind of with a key, with a key on it. I he's settling in a bit, I guess. Yes, yeah. Well, yeah, the key is for the those... uh, is for the cabinet. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, and he's hanging with those two jerks who are probably both named Nick or something like that. I forget what their names are. <laughs> yeah, um, I can't remember. I think one of them might be named Nick. But yeah, I think um, you're right. Eddie, Eddie, and Nick. It's Eddie and Nick. Yep. And I think the, the the thing I really liked about this episode was, again, like the first two, it has a different feel. It It, it mm-hmm. is ve- very after school, especially because it does have the message. But it also has this weird thing with Mr. Wilson. Um, I, I think the thing that really got me with Mr. Wilson is that when he's doing his Max Headroom thing, he doesn't he doesn't have teeth per se. He just like has white mm-hmm. lines. And I don't know why that made me feel bad for him, but I um, there, there's something about the concept that so so Marshall's dad created like this artificial intelligence, and he didn't mean to. That's in this ATM that just wants a friend, and when you you have a good friend, you want to help that friend. You want to you you know you want to give that friend all all, all you can. You, you you know your best friend, mm-hmm. and I love I love that concept. And so there's something it, – it's weird because the, the final scene – I couldn't gauge – so the final scene is – I couldn't figure out exactly how they did this because it looked like uh, a lot of the money was spent. But they return all the money to Mr. Wilson. Mm-hmm. And it's yeah. almost presented as a variation of Hal dying in 2001. Yeah. With, yep. you know, Dave, what are you doing, Dave? But the thing about it is Hal isn't – I don't want to say Mr. Wilson is charming, but Mr. Wilson wants a friend. I mean, right. ain't it good to know you He's a little a more sympathetic. Yes. Yeah. I mean, ain't it, yeah, exactly. And he looks kind of like Marshall's dad. And so there's something about it where, like, when um, Dave is floating around in that weird, wonderful room, pushing the things up and everything in 2001 and shutting hell down, you know, it's a thing of... It's us or hell. We have to do this. We have to end it so I can right. do that weird star child thing for the last half hour of the movie. Um, <laughs> but but in this in this it's more like you you wish you almost wish there. It's not quite the same because Mr. Wilson is more sympathetic, and Mr. Wilson has made a friend with and uh, and I guess this is sort of after school specially too. But there's this thing with Simon where his. Every time you get in touch with his parents, they seem to be awful. 
I mean, yeah. Uh, they, and this kind of brings it home in this episode. Like, yeah, they show a little more background on Simon's home life, which has only been, you know, message or like, you know, mentioned here and there throughout the first and two episodes. But it, it's very sad and again, kind of dark. Yeah, it's a little. Yeah, it, it's because because when he says something uh, to uh, to Eddie, Nick, and Marshall, like, "Oh, my dad, uh, tomorrow's my birthday." It's not really his birthday. He's just trying to get you know some sympathy. Tomorrow's my birthday, and um, and my dad says he's going to buy me some Sky Monsters, the, the sneakers, you know. Um, and and so you think, okay, so it's just a just a some bad parents. But when you see him walking up to his house, all you can hear is people yelling. And and yeah. like from like a hundred feet away, and then the mm-hmm. the moment the moment that made me go the hell is and I might get this wrong, but you see, um, the house is several stories. It's not a single story house like with an a, like a one story mm-hmm. in an attic or something. And so you see Marshall and 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 Simon sitting in Mar uh, in Simon's bedroom uh, talking about what they have to do, and you hear um, a guy and a woman. And Marshall says something like, um, "Oh, there's your mom and dad." And and I think Simon like looks up and says, "My mom's not home." And one, where's he looking? Where's he looking? Because he's yeah. looking at the attic. Or I, I could be wrong, but I watched it earlier today, and I meant to go back and check it again. If I'm wrong, I apologize. But I want to say they both look up. And so, like, wait a yeah. minute. Yeah. So his bedroom could be on the first floor. But normally at that time, if you had a double-story uh, house, t- double two-story house, yeah, the bedrooms were bedrooms right. Were you, yeah, unless it was the master, and that was usually on the bottom. Yeah, and, and so you, the fact that he's looking up to me says they're in the attic, and it's not his mom. And yeah, so that like, was oh, – yeah. Oh, my gosh. That's, that's – it, it's funny because it's giving you an after-school special lesson, but it's like punching you in the gut with like – yeah. yeah, it's not like like even in after school. I've seen a lot of after school specials. I've talked about after school <laughs> yep. specials esque movies on Made for TV Mayhem. This is yep. different from that. Um, this is maybe it's because there's a Max Headroom esque guy in an ATM who's his friend uh, giving him money. I don't know, but this is slightly. It's much darker, and yeah. and it's all. It's almost like at that point. At, at, you, you know, you, you want Marshall and, and, and Mr. Wilson to just make his life happier for a little while right. if this is what he has to deal with. Well, you mentioned that um, Mr. Wilson is kind of modeled after Marshall's father because he created him, and that's another, like, Simon, I'm sure, would want to yes. have a father oh, sure. like Marshall's father. So yeah. that could be another reason he was so you know, drawn to him. Yeah. Yeah. Enamored of that, that connection. Yeah. 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 Though I, I did have I, to I, wonder if they really sang the whole 99 bottles of beer, uh, song <laughs> every time they saw each other. Cause I, I that's a long time. I, I bet they, I bet they did because I think, um, I think, uh, I think Mr. Wilson would just get into it. You know, as as an artificial intelligence, as it were, he would get into it. Right. They don't, I don't think they ever. They don't call him that. That's what I'm calling him. Um, mm-hmm. um, but uh, that he would get into it, and I would just think Simon would be like, as long as we've got bottles of beer on the wall, I have a friend who's not ah. going to 
Um, Ooh, uh, I don't want to say. I want, I, yeah. I, 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 yeah, I don't want to say that Simon's being abused or anything. Um, but but I I just I, I, I'm not going to have someone well else emotionally someone, at the very yes, least <laughs> yeah yes exactly yeah I don't I, I as someone who's who's going to no one is going to neglect me no one's going to because no one's paying attention to Mr Wilson so I have mm-hmm. all and he's out there in the middle like the middle of the night doing it yeah so 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 it's like he's and and so so to me that's what it was like uh, you know it's it's like if you if you can you know if you like uh, you know I. You know, not that I have this right, but you know, we've had times in the past where it's been like, you know, you know, you you have a friend over who who you love and who who makes you forget about the 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 bad of the world. You know, it's like I'll watch this movie with you, and every minute of that movie is like, is is brilliant. You know, or or you put on like a like like back in high school when we would just like take take time off from something and just like put on an album, couple of albums. You know, and you just this time is our time, and the the world isn't here. And that's what the and it's yeah it's a bottle of beer song which gets on your freaking nerves after ten bottles right. but it doesn't it doesn't <laughs> it doesn't I don't think it matters at this point for, for Simon or for Mr Wilson because I, th- right. I think Good they, point. they because Marshall has sort of abdicated his his uh, space as 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 Simon's uh, best friend trying to hang out with right. cooler kids who are everyone admits are not kids. cool at all. Yeah, Not I, cool don't, at all. I don't no, get the. Yeah, yeah. Um, they they didn't strike me as cool. <laughs> no, no, not, <laughs> not at all. And can I just say I didn't look this up, but I imagine, um, I imagine the topicality of this was awesome, where um, uh, <laughs> where um, Simon buys himself a birthday cake and it says "Good luck, Julia and Kiefer." Is that is that <laughs> Julia Roberts and Kiefer, Kiefer Sutherland? <laughs> Oh, absolutely! In ninety one, ninety two, absolutely. Yes. Okay. All right. All right. Okay. <laughs> That's catch. what I thought. That's what I thought. I wrote it down. I circled it, but I forgot to look it up. Um, uh, <laughs> I yeah, totally I, forgot I, about that. I, I think the thing about this, I mean, it's it's so much fun. Like when he suddenly gets all this money from Mr. Wilson, you get these great scenes with him, like in his sky monsters, like walking in in slow motion and being cool. Yeah. Like ev- all the kids in town, and not only all the kids, but like the gals in their late teens early 20s apparently are yeah all, that was all, that was kind of disturbing that was a little strange <laughs> yeah there's a scene where he like sits on a stool in world of fun and like three yeah. like super hot gals or probably like 17 18 in little yeah. skirts um surround yeah. him and the the joy of it though I, I i don't know if it's a joy because it's terrible that they're taking advantage of him and all this is happening in this crazy freaking town but i think part of it is that um j- just that that marshall says he had all this money because at one point they opened a closet and money flies out in slow motion. He had all this money, but the only thing I think he ever bought were like those shoes and something else. Yeah. Everything he else bought everything just, for everyone else. Yes. He was just given. So when these, these three super hot gals surround him, he just hands them money and they go. And it's just yep. him. And, and it's fun. It's, it's weird because yeah, it is after school, especially, Except for the fact that there hasn't been an after-school special about an artificial intelligent ATM that right. is lonely <laughs> and gives an abused child um, money to <laughs> millions make of dollars love or whatever. Yes, a million dollars. Yeah. So, so I guess if we're doing after-school special with a sharp twist, this episode succeeds. I think. <laughs> yeah. And then there, the, I love the um. Is it Mister? What's the guy's name? The savings and loan guy. 
Um, Mr. Oh, yeah, where he goes along willing. They're like, un, you know, what, I can't remember why they arrested him. What, how did they put it? Mr. Chisel or something like that? Yeah. Oh, it's, it's Andy from Twin Peaks is one of the cops. Yes. Yep. Uh, yes. And yep. it's, uh, oh, no, what, what it is is um, they go to, like, the, the savings and loan. Yeah, and, and Marshall's dad is there. Is it Mr. Chisel? That's what I've written here. That could be wrong. The savings. No, that sounds familiar. Okay. I'll call him Mr. Chisel then. They're both there. And Mr. Chisel is, is, he's like, okay, savings and loans have gotten a bad rap. And they, they did because they were terrible pretty much at that time. (laughs) And, and, and so he's very amiable. So when the cops say, okay, we understand what's going on. We understand what happened, but we're just going to arrest you for a few days. Just, just in case. And Mr. Chisel's like, sure. (laughs) And he goes, yeah, he goes along of, with it. Like, okay. And then at the end of the episode, <laughs> when Mr. Wilson has been removed and all that remains is the arm that delivers the money, you just see Mr. Chisel, like with a, like sweeping up, picking up garbage, like a thousand mm-hmm. hours of community service. And he's like, Hey, how are Which you? Which is a long time. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> and it's, I, I love the, yeah. Oh, I actually have that scene on there right now. There's Andy. I love the fact that we got I mean, Twin Peaks had just ended four, four months. Well, I say it had just ended. It would be back in the summer of 92, and it would be back in 2017, 18. When did the return? When was the return? Was it 17 or 18? Uh, 17. 17 yes, yep. and it would be back, and, and he would be back too. So I love the fact that when I see him in this, I immediately thought, are we near, um, are we in Twin Peaks territory? Here? Is that, is, that, is that what they're saying? Or did they just hire him because the show had ended and they, you know, he was a jobbing actor and they gave him a job. It's tough to say. I, don't hmm. know. I always feel like they have little, uh, you know, inside jokes here and there. References, the yeah. Show, so. yeah. I was, yeah, I think of like, um, what is it? Um, is it, oh gosh, Intruder, Scott Spiegel slasher film in the supermarket? Mm-hmm. Yep. That ends. Is that the one with um, uh, Hank Kimball and Ebb from Green Anchors are the cops? Am I getting that right? I think it's. Um, I think that's the one where they. I forgive me if I'm I wrong, unfortunately folks. am not familiar enough with Green Acres. I know. Don't hate okay. me, Dan. Oh, oh no, please. No, there's time. <laughs> there's still time. There's still time. But I think yes. they're the cops in Intruder who show up. I don't think they show up at the end. I think they maybe show up in the middle, and they like come into the the store and before all the real killing is taken off. And it's like, and it's just you sit there watching. And you go, oh my gosh, Scott Spiegel's a Green Acres fan. There's, there's Evan, Mr. Kimball. What? Um, but having said that, I love that Simon says, uh, Marshall says, where's this money coming from that you're getting? Oh, it's from the big Slurpee fund. And and Marshall says, the what? And Simon says, the big Slurpee fund. You mean the slush <laughs> fund? Slush fund. <laughs> and I, I, it's it's a great concept too that. Um, uh, that Mr. Wilson is saying it's from a slush fund. And I like the thought that Mr. Wilson thinks it's a slush fund, but it's actually everybody's money. Right. And, and wait a minute, Doug Llewellyn is the local news, news, um, yep. caster, which is, which is <laughs> I mean, yeah, you got Doug Llewellyn, you got yep. Andy, there's a lot of stuff going on. Max headroom. Uh, let me see. I'm going to scan my notes. And uh, see what if I have anything else here. I think I've I think I've gone over my, my yak in here. I think I've gone over most of it. How's it? I am not. Oh yeah, I am not a machine. Yeah, I don't know. At the at the end, I I knew I feel bad for Mr. Wilson as he was being shut down. Yeah. Um, and I, I 
I wonder if if this were done today, would he have been given a little more um, humanity or a little more something? Because because it it did feel to me a bit a bit of a mix of um, we're giving him some humanity, but we don't we're not going to give him enough to make you love him. So you know we're going to have to shut him down right. and save save everything. But then at the same time, you know Marshall's dad created him, and he should have had some clue as to what he was doing when he did that. Now well, let's see. Yeah, Eddie and Nick, they're a bunch of douches. We don't have to. Yeah. Oh, we can talk about a couple of douches if you want. I'm not. I'm not terribly interested. <laughs> uh, they're not uh, even worth our time. No, 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 no. <laughs> let's see. They have da da da. Yeah, I think big Slurpee fun for this. Yeah. Yeah, I think since oh yeah, a lot of great. The score in this one is great. There are a lot of mm-hmm. for being an after school specialist thing. There are a lot of great synths throughout this, which is awesome. Yeah. Let's see, do I have anything else? I think that's all I have on this one. How about you? Yeah, I think that's it. Oh, I enjoyed it more oh. than than episode two, and looking forward to the next episode. So Yeah, I, I don't know. Yeah, Let I liked this one. Is... I did. Yeah. I... Even though, you know, I guess even if it was cheesy 90s, and yeah, <laughs> it I, did I have, guess... you know, mm-hmm. it, it had its charms, I guess. Yeah, I think, I think we... Um... I, I, to, to me, yeah, the moment I saw the Mr. Wilson Max Headroom style head, I thought, okay, I'm going to um, I'm gonna either roll with it or I'm going to sit there going, mm, I don't know, the whole time. But I, I rolled yeah. with it. I rolled with it. Um, I, rolled, I think what it is, I just think it's a thing where he, he has a couple moments where he's kind of his, his robotic voice gets sincere for a, a few yeah. <laughs> moments. And he doesn't have the, and there's something, it doesn't have the teeth and there's something about it where it's like, Okay, I mean, you know, it's like, you know, you go to the, the 70s and 80s, even the 60s, and every time you encounter, I mean, you know, I'm, I'm a big Doctor Who fan. You go to Doctor Who computers in the 60s, and you watch them, and you go, oh, boy. You know, and, and it's just, yeah. and I, you, you, either, you either go with it, or you, or you just, you, you can't. And I, um, I always, I try to go with it. I don't always make it, but I, I <laughs> generally, I'm a good boy, and I do my best. So... Um, let me just uh, yell out. Uh, oh, what's the next episode? The Losers. I forget what that one is. I'm cracking open my DVD. That's no help. Yeah, it's The Losers. <laughs> oh my gosh. Oh, we do have one coming up here. Oh my gosh, I'm very. Ex- I'm actually excited to talk about all the. I'm looking at the back of the DVD, and I've got. We got <laughs> one coming up here that I'm really excited to talk about. Maybe soon, folks. Hang on. Uh, hold, hold, hold it, hold in there. That doesn't mean anything. Hang in there. That's what I meant to say. Hang yeah. on, hang in there. <laughs> so, um, so uh, Amy, where can we find you online? Uh, you can find me on Instagram at Amy underscore the underscore conqueror. All right. Thank you again so much. And um, Amy, would you like to do a little Mr. Wilson impersonation and say goodbye to everyone? Oh no, I can't follow you, Dan. Okay. And you perfected it. <laughs> So. <laughs> All right. Well, I guess everyone, um, I don't know if I uh, thank you for listening, everyone. And now <laughs> it's the last precinct. Ha, ha, ha. The NBC Television Network.
The Last Precinct, Episode 3, I Want My Mummy, April 25th, 1986, directed by Bob Sweeney, written by Paul Birnbaum. Stardate 417.84, Network NBC. When we last left the 56th Precinct, Price, Night Train, and the others, too numerous to mention, Raid, King, Alphabet, Mel, Captain Wright, and Rena, had once again triumphed over the forces of evil. But their victory was to be short-lived, for even now the terrorists from Moldavia, thrown off of Dynasty, plot their revenge against all that is good. Led by the ruthless Rodan and Abdul, and fueled by revolution and other Beatles hits, the terrorist forces have banded together to strike at the heart of the free world. Well, at least the upper torso. Act 2. Stardate 417 even. Network? Same. And so the king, having bravely substituted himself in place of King Rodaway's mummy, finds himself in the hands of the terrorist forces, who would be less than pleased if they knew what you've just read, so... Mummy's the word. Meanwhile, back at the precinct, Price, Night Train, and the others, too numerous to mention, Raid, Mel, Alphabet, Captain Wright, and Rena, plot to get their friend back without alerting Sheriff Hobbs and Chief Bloodhorn to what a fine mess they've gotten themselves into. And if that wasn't enough of a headache, King Rodaway's curse begins to rear its ugly head, figuratively speaking, of course. All right, everyone, that that very briefly is the plot. The It's basically these... these um, terrorists who are implied to be the terrorists who attack the wedding at the end of what was it the 84 85 season of dynasty you guys remember that uh, season five leaves the episode royal wedding who was getting married i don't remember amanda and michael yes no yes i think that sounds good to me uh they were getting married and they all got shot up by these terrorists and apparently these are the same sort of guys and what they're doing is they are going to steal, yeah, the uh, King Rodaway's cor- uh, corpse, mummy, uh, but it's replaced with the king, our king, the Elvis impersonating king, and so the gang's got to get the mummy back and king back before the uh, terrorists ask for a lot of ransom, this, that, and the other. What you heard me say uh, just there was one of the reasons why I love this episode. Now, this one is manic as the previous ones. It's more, again, as with... Uh, the previous two, and especially Gorilla Graham, is more focused in its manic. I, I think this one eh, might be my favorite so far of the episodes. It's, um, I mean, is, is it laugh out loud funny? Nah, I don't know. There are a few moments. I mean, it's certainly trying its best. Uh, but, yeah, I, um, so so what, what do I like about this episode? I, I like that this is the one that we, we've seen bits and pieces of it here and there. Now, in, in the TV movie and the Gorilla Gram was kind of half-hearted. In the previous episode, they had that great bit with the pizza. But in here, they're really kind of pushing the Zucker Abram Zucker police squad airplane style stuff. The the two things that I read to you at the beginning, basically at the beginning of the Act 1 and I believe Act 2, although I think it's more like Act 3, um, but uh, it doesn't matter. Oh, maybe it does matter. Uh you get a scroll, you get a Star Wars style scroll and Star Wars music plays and it's awesome because like you get the scroll across the screen then when the scroll goes away suddenly like the black screen moves and you see it's like a black page in a magazine and then the third and final time they did it, which I didn't read involves, uh, you, you see it, it cuts back from commercial and there's a great moment where you see like a guy like at a like, um, graphic designery type desk with a, with a woman and then all of a sudden he looks up at the camera, gets shocked, puts the black um, screen in front of the camera you get the roll going by and then it kind of drops away and you see him making out with the woman it's fun they're, they're playing more with it and i uh, i like it 
it's, it's it is the interesting thing with it is that all the playing around is kind of separate from all the, what the people in the in the actual episode are doing. No one in the everyone in the episode is madcap and wacky, but they're not madcap and wacky in the way that all these captions and all these things are. So it's almost like you know it's you know it's say like a Green Acres when the credits come up and Lisa can see them, or when Oliver makes a speech and everyone can hear the fife and the drums playing and Oliver can't, and yet Oliver is the only one in, in one episode there who can stop the music from playing. Uh, stop the fife or something like that and it stops the, those characters get involved I mean when Mr. Ziffel gets attacked by the opening credits you know when they swoop down on they're they're part of it whereas the, the last precinct is very specifically kind of keeping them at almost arm's length from the crazy so there's crazy going on but they, they, they get the manic and sort of the more slightly interesting crazy the scrolling text and some other things they do uh, is is for us not for them uh, what else is going? Yeah, l- let me give you some more of those bits that I like. There is a, there is a, there is a fun bit where I don't know. Maybe this is me being a perv, but there's a fun bit where Mel uh, is there. They're in the museum and they're trying to sneak King into the sarcophagus, and they have to distract all of Wingshauser's men. And so Mel wears a very short skirt. And she ties a bit of the bottom of the fabric of skirt to a statue and just starts walking. And the guys start to follow her. Miss, miss. And she's just walking. And, and it begins to unravel more and more and more. And, and it's suddenly, and you just see at the bottom of the screen, like, the diversion. And then you see, like, a half a dozen guys following her, following the string. The diversion is working. Still working. And then in the end, when there's a big shootout, and you see the terrorists on one side with the sarcophagus and all the all the Munchhauser's um, men on the other side shooting and shooting, all of a sudden, from out of nowhere, Mel runs in in, like, like lingerie, like a teddy kind of thing, and, and just runs in and stands in the foreground by a column firing. And then it says something like, still working. And all of a sudden, like, all the sheriff's men, like, in unison, kind of swoop behind her and kind of hold on to her and <laughs> keep shooting i thought it was fun uh there's that there's a great bit too when the terrorists are leaving and there's all sorts of different languages being yelled and things start to get translated but the translations multiply and multiply language after language until the screen is filled with random translations from all sorts of languages and then you hear gunshots and holes appear in the uh, in the words and it's like i'm i'm wondering if they're like is it like did they make the actual episode and then they sent it to someone saying, okay, uh, the ratings uh, for the the first episode, Gorilla Graham, wasn't very good. What we need you to do is work your magic very quickly and, and zazz this up as much as you can. Or something like, you know, this this we don't think this is going to work. We need to make it wackier. How do we make it wackier? We add all this stuff. My, one of my favorite bits is, and I would have loved this if they had done this during the shootout and Sweet Chuck's thing in Police Academy 2, is the... Um, yeah, when there's this shootout in the museum, and every time something gets shot, you get a tally of how much, uh, how expensive it was. You know, ranging from you know um, fifty thousand dollars to priceless, and the and the it just keeps rolling up and rolling up, and it's 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 pretty fun. I, I like it. Whenever they do that, as a kid, whenever they did that, that was my favorite part of the episode. And as a grown up, those bits are pretty much my favorite parts of the episode too uh, along with the terrorist related plot the terrorists do wear shirts that say born a boogie which is fun uh, there are sort of two other plot lines one is that raid breaks a vase i think that has something to do with rodaway and 
the if you break a vase, you and your friends are cursed. So that kind of builds as it goes, that there seems to be this building um, mummy curse. And then the other thing is that Mel's dad, played by a very strange-looking Kenneth Mars, shows up looking for his son Mel, because Mel hasn't told her dad what she has done. And, and it's an interesting plot line. Um, and they actually use, at one point, when uh, Mel's in the car with her dad and says, you've actually already met... You've seen Mel. I, I forget exactly how she describes it, but something like, um, you know, Mel was undercover. So I forget exactly how she says it, but the dad is like, oh, was it this guy? And then, oh, was it this guy? And then you see a Family Feud style X on the screen. Well, was it this guy? Well, I know it's not you because you're all woman. Three strikes. And it's that. that's fun. I like when they do that. The, the episode itself, I mean, it's... Uh, it's one of those where the, where the plotting is very straightforward. I mean, the, the, the terrorists, I mean, what is it? Bernie, freaking Bernie plays one of the terrorists, for heaven's sake. So, uh, from Weekend at Birds, it's Terry Kaiser, I believe. Uh, he plays one of the terrorists. So, you know, these aren't, these aren't, and they're not, not that they're meant to be. They're not, no. never trust a terrorist, Price says at one point, which is great and true, I would think. And, I mean, they do, the terrorists do the thing where, um, you know, they eat, stinky food and and alphabet says that they don't smell too good their breath could do something to a something and at one point uh and every time they say american uh they spit uh you know you lousy american ting pig and uh you know they're they're not the they're not the best group of terrorists but then you know if i'm watching the last precinct i don't particularly want um an interesting group of terrorists i want doofy terrorists who wear born to boogie shirts and there is a nice bit in the end, and I won't say what it is, where they kind of zing the terrorists a bit, and I like that. And there's one terrorist that looks like John Totoro, but I don't know if he is. And I, you know what? I'm not going to look. I'm going to leave that one up in the air. There's actually another running bit going through here, which uh, is Adam West featured. It's his, his uh, what is his name in this? It's, it's uh, Captain Wright, Captain Rick Wright. And where he, uh, in the opening credits, there's a bit where he's standing by his desk and he gets hit with like a like a pop gun dart kind of thing, sticks to his head, little suction cup thing sticks to his head. Well, he's got the, uh, like, a, you know, a target thing hanging in front of the window that, that looks out onto everybody. And he's shooting his, his pop dart gun thing at it. And he accidentally, of course, pulls out the real gun at one point and shoots through the, the wall, uh, shoots through the window. He does it again a little later. And at one point he shoots what is a blood horn in the foot. Uh, and that bit is not particularly funny. Um, I mean, they, they, they do an interesting thing with it. I mean, maybe knowing that it wasn't particularly funny when they were inside his office and they did it. The other two times it happens, uh, we're actually outside his office and we hear him saying it. So we sit there expecting it, expecting it, expect, and then it happens. So that's fun uh, maybe just say real quick sergeant haggerty yana nirvana does a bit more in this episode she gets to she gets to threaten raid and she she's uh more present in this episode than before when they're trying to um well i, I won't i won't i won't say the the scene it involves king in a phone call and such but uh it's nice to see her have a little bit more to do uh, what else is going on y you know what you know, I love Batman. Uh, uh, I do. I've always loved Batman uh, since I was a child. And one of the things I loved was the Batman um, uh, TV series from the 60s with Adam West. And one of the things you always love about that. Now, it's an interesting show to talk about, I think. And I'm not going to talk about it in, in too in-depth here. But I think the tricky thing with a show like Batman is that pretty much you watch the first 
half a dozen episodes or so. What is it? Riddler, Penguin, Joker. You watch those and you pretty much are going to get everything that the show does for the next 114 episodes in the movie. Sometimes there's going to be variations. Sometimes, you know, when they go to one-part stories, it'll be different. Three-part stories will be different. But Batman, the tricky thing with Batman is that Batman pretty much gives you everything it has very early on. So by the time you get to the second series, they do need variations and things like that, but you don't want to do too many variations because people are used to it being the other way and you don't want to make it too strange because people might tune out and yeah. So anyways, well Batman, well this isn't the Batman podcast, uh but maybe maybe one day it will become the Bat no it won't. Anyway, I'm looking at Kenneth Mars up on the screen right here. Yeah, he looks a little he someone he touched. Where was I? Okay. Uh, oh, so Adam West. So one of the things is like the the stoic way Adam West played Batman was always obviously a joy. Um, it's uh, very sort of serious playing this. The more the more camp it got, the the more serious you know he played it. Now, every so while, like when he, when he does the Batusi, and there's uh, the one bit with the King Tut thing where he's doing the, the dropping the pebbles on his head, uh, which where he goes over a bit but most of the time he's very stoic which is part of the fun but any any sort of any sort of stoicness and things that he brought to batman go right out the window here every single moment is is mugging mugging for the camera acting wacky there's a point where he gets like his tie or something caught in like one of the sliding morgue drawer things and he's like hey you know it's like wow you know it's it's you know jerry lewis isn't is is it is at an a seven compared to much of what Adam West is doing around ten or eleven in this? So, you know, it's it's not a, it's not bad. It's it's not great. Uh, but but there is enough I think worth watching in this episode to make it uh, worthwhile. I just did notice. I think I'm missing the copy of the episode I have. I think I'm missing one of the act intro uh, scroll things because we I, we just cut to commercial King tries to make a call from the sarcophagus. We cut to a commercial, and then when we come back, um, Alphabet is sitting with Butch and Sundance in a car, waiting, watching the local Slovakian restaurant where all the terrorists eat, looking to see if the, the, um, the terrorists show up. And when we cut from the commercial break to the screen, we see like kind of a craggy black landscape, and then a woman's tongue licks up the landscape and it's a it's a it's a you know it's like a popsicle uh fudgical kind of thing and i'm thinking we missed the opening scroll there and i feel bad i wonder if there are any other copies of this sort of i mean because these are taped off of the originals so i'm wondering if there's more than one going around because sometimes you'll see that where you know you get a rare show and you get yourself a a, a bunch uh well a set of the show and you're watching it and you're kind of going oh okay this set is the exact same as this set even though i ordered it from someone else and there's like one set so i was wondering like, like shadow chasers which we will cover one day the two-hour uh pilot movie uh doesn't have opening or closing credits on it and i'm wondering if there's another version out there where i can see the credits because it's a little strange to watch anyways having said that uh let's see raid gets a great scene we does some cool kick-ass skateboarding now it's obviously not raid on it and they, there's a bit too much dwelling on him from like the chest or waist down uh so you obviously know he's not doing it but it's fun to see and uh yeah there's a lot of craziness a lot of chaos um is it a little tiresome eh, yeah you know what i think this might have been a show that 
was helped by the commercial breaks because as it is, it's 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 what forty five to fifty, about about forty six, forty seven minutes of just constant wacky and wacky and wacky, and it gets to be a bit much. Now, having said that, do did I enjoy this episode? Yes, I did. Am I enjoying the show so far? So far, I'm quite enjoying the show. I'm. I haven't laughed much. I don't. Uh, I don't know that it's particularly laugh out loud funny, but it's. I think it's continually amusing, which makes it definitely worth your time. All right. So I want my mummy. I think, like I said, I think the best best one so far. And uh, do the terrorists win? They do not win. They do not win. So I'm going to do this. I'm going to scan my notes one more time, see if I have anything. If not, we will head on down to New Orleans. Give me a moment. I got nothing. Let's hit the beat, the Bourbon Street beat. Bourbon Street beat. Bourbon Street beat. Bourbon Street beat. Starring Richard Long. In New Orleans. Andrew Duggan. This is the blues. With Arlene Howell and Van Williams. Produced by Warner Brothers. Bourbon Street Beat, episode 20. Oh, boy. Melody in Diamonds, February 15th, 1960. Directed by James V. Kern. Written by Doris Gilbert. This one takes place in... I forget when it takes... It's like Mardi Gras again, more or less. We talk about it. It's everyone's... You know what? My... I just feel like this is how it is every weekend in New Orleans. So there's a big party going on. There's a masquerade and Melody, a woman named Magda, a Hungarian woman is dressing Melody in this beautiful gown with all these jewels and like a tiara with diamonds and they're all real, but she's not supposed to tell anyone. So she goes to the uh, this big masquerade ball with Kenneth and, and Cal and Rex are there. And a gentleman named Sebastian shows up. Sebastian's wife is Agnes. Agnes works with Magda and knows that Melody will have these diamonds. Sebastian was once known as the Tuxedo Kid. He used to dress up real suave and steal jewels and things from women, especially at parties like this. And he does that with Melody and kind of leaves Melody in a daze. Turns out, though, Agnes looks at the diamonds, realizes that they're fake and that Sebastian is double-crossing her. She kills Sebastian. Meanwhile, Kenneth is returning the diamonds to Magda. And Magda says, these are fake. So they call in Melody, and Melody tells her story. And it's like, wait, wait a minute. So you've got fake diamonds. They got, what's going on? Oh, my gosh, this is crazy. And then all of a sudden, Melody starts to see Agnes keeps breaking into like her house where she is with her Aunt Samantha and, and is after uh, apparently the real jewels. And Magda wants them found. And Rex and Cal are investigating it. And they learn that the Tuxedo Kid might be involved. And they're trying to find out where he is. And all kinds of things are going on. And it's crazy. And it's nuts. And... Is Melody going to be all right? That's all I want to know. I'm going to give you a blast, and Mitchell and I are going to chat all over this episode. I don't know if you guys got what was happening there with the title of this Melody and Diamonds. Get it? It's like it's sort of like you think the 10% blues, and you you know it's the 10% blues, and it's a blues about the 10% with the thing. And this is Melody, but this is in a melody. This is Melody Arm, but I forget it. All right, we're out of here. I'm done. No, I'm kidding, of course. This is episode 20, folks. We are, I mean, officially, there are 39 episodes, so I guess halfway during this episode, we get to the halfway point in the series. So, um, did you hear someone say, yeah, 
Was that just me? Have I gone crazy? No, I'm here with Mitchell Hadley, the author of The Electronic Mirror, the guy who does It's About TV, the guy who watches more 77 Sunset Strip than anyone in the Midwest. <laughs> and I, I I, think I could say, say that safely, probably. Um, maybe. I don't I would, know. Well, I would be happy to have that title. Yes, yeah, it's a good, it's not it's not a bad title I have. Uh, I um, what was I say? Oh, how are you, Mitchell? What's I'm well. On? How are you, Dan? Dude, doing good. I am. I am excited because we're yeah we're at more or less the halfway point of the series, and as this is the longest, um, not longest running. The longest running was probably more Joni Loves Child. No, that wasn't the longest running. Yeah, no, we've had a lot of one season ones, but this is the one with the most episodes, folks. There we go. Um, and I'm ex- you know I get to the halfway point and I get excited. So I'm, I'm anxious. That's why I'm going to shut up and let Mitchell tell you what he thought of Melody and Diamonds. And I'm wondering if he got the thing with the title and the melody, but it's not really. It's Melody. And it's I, our, it's forget, our forget Melody. Forget it. Yes. Forget it. All right. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'll be interested to see what you think about this one, because I was really kind of disappointed in this. I think that of all the episodes that we have seen so far, this probably I would put at the bottom. Now, that again, uh, we'll go back to my tried and true formula. Is this an episode that would make you stop watching the series? No. Is it an episode that if it were shown among the first two or three episodes would make you stop watching the series? Probably not, but I'm uh, uh, I'm not going to go so far as to say a definite no. <clears throat> the 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 premise is that Melody is in it's a damsel in distress. Melody is in trouble because the diamonds of Melody in diamonds, the diamonds that she wore are missing, and she has quite naturally been accused of stealing them since she was the last person to see them. Um, but what the, there are a couple of problems I have with this episode. One of them is anytime you put one of the leads in jeopardy, you always know that it's going to turn out all right. Melody is not going to prison. She's not going to be arrested. Let's get real about this. She's not in a contract dispute. So uh, she is not disappearing from the series. So that means that the suspense, such as it is, has to be about what actually happened and in this case my wife and i are watching the episode and we've got it pretty well figured out inside of five minutes who it is who really stole the diamonds there's a little twist that they put on at the end of the episode but um it doesn't really change what happens here so what is it about this episode that irritates me i think that it's because it came on the heels of a terrific episode, the uh, 10% blues, where you really see Rex as harsh as he's ever been. And you don't get that in this episode. Neither Rex nor Cal show the kind of outrage that you would expect to see when their tried-and-true trusted secretary has been accused of theft. Uh, and this, I suppose, would be grand theft dependent because of the value of the diamonds. And I don't know if it is because they doubt her story, which she accuses them. Uh, you don't believe me either. Um, I don't know if it's that or if they just are so confident that they're going to get to the bottom of it that they're not going to be as worked up about it as she obviously is. But I would have expected to see anger that if it that if it wasn't on the same level 
as it was with the Barons uh, beating in the last episode. I would still have expected to see both of them more upset and indignant than they are. Now, granted, the <clears throat> excuse me, the diamonds that the in question came from another woman, uh, and you can't have Rex or Cal beating up a woman, so that may have something to do with it. The insurance investigator who also suspects. Melody is played by someone whom Rex has apparently worked with in the past. So aside from the, you know, come on, you don't really think she was involved in this kind of thing. You don't see him getting tough there either. And the cops, well, you know, you can get tough with them if he wants to lose his license. But the, so, so maybe it is that there is no obvious, uh, character for uh, no obvious outlet for for his anger but still i'm disappointed in their reaction that they aren't more outraged by this than they are really the one who is the more indignant than anybody else is kenny which you would expect considering that he is apparently and I say apparently because we never really do get an answer on it, or at least we haven't to this point. He's apparently Melody's boyfriend. So you would expect him to be upset about it. But I would expect Rex and Cal to be more upset about it than they are. And the fact that they aren't takes away from this episode, I think. I, <clears throat> you know, I watched this episode the first time, and um, I I got to the end of it, and... Every, every once in a while, I'll have an episode that I watch where I come out slightly confused, where I thought, oh, I missed something or something like that. Or, And every once in a while, I'll come out of an episode where I'm like, all right, I got it. Um, this this one I came out of and I was like, it feels like there's some uh, bit of uh, the drama missing or something. It, it feels like... Um, you know, because this thing happens to Melody and the Diamonds, and like you said, Rex and Cal don't get really too worked up about it. They're like, "Yeah, we got it. Don't worry about it. Just relax. We got it." You know, and it's it's so calm, and and even like you know, uh, someone breaks into Melody's like room twice in the episode. Yes, and it never really registers as anything, and it's 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 sort of like things happen, but you know, a guy gets shot and killed. No, no, you don't see him get shot and killed, right? You see him later on, his body on the ground, like having been there for several days or something. But there's no feeling of, oh my gosh, this is terrible. What happened here? Everything is, it's almost like, I don't, I don't want to use, uh, I don't know if clinical is the word to use, but there's no, um, you, you would think that there would be more of like a, an emotional something yes. to this episode, but it's. For some reason, it's missing. Um, I don't know why. I don't know if we spe if it's we spend we spend almost more time with like Magda, the Hungarian gal mm -hmm. with the diamonds, than we do with Melody. Whereas I feel like I, I, when I saw her name in the title, and that's it, folks. That's her name in the title. I, remember, I mentioned that earlier. Um, when you see her name in the title, you think, okay, this is sort of going to be Melody's episode, and it kind of is. Except it's not really, and it kind of isn't really anybody's episode. It yeah. just kind of is a bunch of people doing things. And then, like, even when they catch the person who is causing the trouble, it isn't even, you know, it isn't like a big, exciting moment. It's just like, we got her, you know, and, oh, sorry, did I ruin something there? Sorry, everyone. But, you know, it's like, oh, we got, we got the person. You know, it's, you know, it's, 
there's for being an episode set during Mardi Gras, and hey, we could talk about that. In a yes, yes. For being an episode set during Mardi Gras, where they they try to they have all the stock footage and they try to have the, the they do the parties and there's a fun crane shot during a party where like the camera's looking at a chandelier down at everyone and the camera lowers itself under the chandelier and goes through the streamers towards uh, Rex and and Magda. Or yeah, um, I'm still getting their names wrong. Still, after all these episodes, now that's going to be me. Um, after 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 all this, they're doing. I mean, the the basic premise is, um, uh, diamonds are stolen, or are they stolen, or does this person think they they were stolen, or is this going over? And it's it's in the end, I I the final twists at the very end, I liked, but I only liked because. I, um, I guess we might have to have a spoiler minute for this one, maybe in a, in a few moments, because I'd like to um, I'd like to talk about the way that they they do something early on that kind of signposts who the person who's doing it is, but then they give you another thing going on that made me forget about it until it came back to it. And maybe that was me not fully paying attention to it. Was I doing something else? But when it came back in the end, I was like, oh, that's right, from the beginning. So I don't, um, you know, I'm not so great sometimes, folks, <laughs> picking out what's going on. I, I think I, but I think I do that on purpose because I like to be surprised. So 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 we'll do a spoiler minute or two minutes maybe later on if we remember. I don't, we'll we'll I don't, announce we, it to you too, so don't worry. Yeah, we'll yeah we'll do it and we'll we'll look and and it'll be sort of thing where you can look at your uh, your phone or your whatever and you can see where we start and we'll stop after like two minutes. But um, yeah, there's just something. Yeah, it's an episode that the first time I watched it, I liked. I liked the setup of it. And the sequence where the guy comes in and kisses Melody, and then suddenly he's gone, and she like doesn't seem to remember what yes. happened, is kind of like it's kind of like the cat in Key to the City or some of the voodoo stuff and knock on any tombstone. It's like was that was he a, a spirit? Was he some sort of will o the wisp or something who flew in and disappeared? Or you know what was that about? Nah, he's just he was an ex magician who pulled some shenanigans. Although he seems to have pulled a lot of shenanigans, which um, yeah. seems, seems seems I mean you I mean you would think you'd have to knock her out or something to. Uh, and speaking of knock her out, the last person in this show I expected to see get clobbered over the head and knocked unconscious was Mel Melody. Has she I gotten... know. <laughs> there, there, I don't think that's at, happened to her. During the first break-in, there's a scene where, as we had a couple episodes ago, where like uh, Kenny was hanging out around a fire axe and you saw the, the hand come up and bonk him over the head. But this one, she's like standing by, like by a doorway and you see the hand come up and bonk her over the head. And I thought, really? Melody? And that's, that's when you sort of think that maybe possibly it's a woman doing it because it might um, it's kind of nasty to have a guy. Although we've seen that, that one guy beat that, that woman in the previous episode, but he was a goon. Yeah, he was. So, so yeah. So, but yeah, it's, it's, a, it's an episode that I think it's got some, it, I, I, I like it in the end. I like the sort of the basic story of it. I like, but I think it, it never cultivates a sense of urgency or excitement which I, I'm wondering if they thought, well, we'll show all this Mardi Gras stuff, and that'll give it the the push. 
Um, but there's yeah, there's something about it that's just a little off to me, um, and I, I can't say. Yeah. I, can't, I don't know if it's my least favorite. I'd have to look back at the others, but it's certainly one that after watching it a second time, I was like, I still am not so thrilled. Well, and it might have wor- it might have worked better without Melody as the lead because number uh-huh. one, there might have been a little more suspense about it, and number two, the um, the lack of emotional involvement by uh, Rex and Cal might have uh, been more effective. But uh, because the story itself, the setup isn't bad. The mystery is pretty good. Um, the it, it, is a, it is not a, a great story in, in that respect, but it would be good enough. So you could have made a, a, a better story out of it than you did had Melody not been the focal point of it because um, you've, you've eliminated one of the sources of, of traditional detective suspense which is whether or not the detective can trust his client in this case you know that they can so that turns it completely into a whodunit and if you know whodunit then um there's not much left so it's an it um as I say, it, it had the bones to be at least a passable episode. And I think the reason that it um, rubs me this way is because we've had, and this is a good time to talk about it being halfway through the series, we've had a really good run up until now. It is, as you've mentioned, it's a series where you care about the characters, you like them, They've been well-developed. You have a city that is pretty colorful, and you have, for the most part, stories that are pretty good. So is this Hallmark Hall of Fame quality? No, and it isn't supposed to be. It's supposed to be entertaining and fun, and by the way, it's going to give you a pretty good share of whodunits where you have to figure it out. So from an entertainment standpoint, it works perfectly, and because we know these characters, and because we care about them, and because we've invested uh, 19 weeks so far into it. The 20th episode, um, I expected more and better than than this. Yeah. Yeah, I I, I think I agree. I, I would have actually preferred it because what they what they do is Magda, the woman who whose diamonds they are, she's well known to everyone. And I would have actually, I think you might be right, it may have been better if you introduced this character of Magda, who everyone knew, and this gal who is part of this family, because you meet um, Melody's Aunt Samantha, who looks a lot like your typical sort of faded, sort of Southern Belle type, and they mention that her family, Melody's family, is having trouble with money, which I didn't know, I guess that's why she's a secretary for two detectives, I guess, but it may have been better if it had been just some random sort of Southern Belle at Mardi Gras getting accused of this by a friend of theirs. And then trying to investigate, for, possibly like investigate for their friend to try to find the diamonds and then discovering what's going on and then trying to clear the gal. I don't know. That might have worked better. I don't know. Um, I, in, in, in the end, okay, I, I, we can do a spoiler minute in a moment um, and then we'll start to wrap this one up. Um, but uh, it, it, uh, the thing I do like about it is... Um, I'll give a I'll give a movie example of a movie that has a bit of uh, misdirection in the way it's telling its story. There's a movie called Giallo in Venice from 1979, Italian film, and it begins with 
two bodies being found alongside a uh, uh, a canal in Venice, and one of them has been stabbed to death, and another uh, a guy, and right next to the guy is a woman who was drowned, and there's no sign of how this woman who drowned got out of the canal. There's no sign of who stabbed this guy. And so they begin investigating it. And as they're investigating it, someone begins killing a bunch of people related to these two people. And I'm not going to ruin it, but there's sort of some fun chicanery and misdirection involved in what's going on, which reminded me of what they do in this episode, which we might do a spoiler minute of in a minute, if you don't mind, Mitchell. No, not a bit. Not a bit. Okay, so what I'm going to do... I, I, oh. I agree. I agree with you on that. And I think what would have worked even better for me, because Magda is so obviously a Hungarian, and you're thinking to yourself, in retrospect, that she's doing a really bad Zsa, Zsa impression. What might have saved the episode would have been if they had gotten one of the Gabor sisters, Zsa, Zsa, oh, yeah. David, to play the role herself. Mm-hmm. Because then it would have been like, it would have been a lot like... Um, uh, Lee Marvin, uh, when uh, playing both a, a good guy and an obvious parody of himself in Cat Baloo. Oh, yes. Sure. If you were yeah, to have, yeah. if you were to have Zsa, Zsa playing uh, somebody who's lampooning Zsa, Zsa mm-hmm. that might have worked well. Yeah. No. Yeah. I see. Yeah. I agree. I agree with that. Yeah. <laughs> That's actually. Yeah. I've kind of thinking that throughout. Didn't they have a Gabor sister? They could. They could haul on board for this um but let's i'm just going to do i'm going to do a two minute spoiler warning and i'm going to do it just from we'll do uh four three two one spoiler two minutes everyone hop ahead two minutes on the thing if you don't want to hear the spoilers uh so basically the premise uh, the, the uh, what it is is that magda is involved in chicanery and she's put fake and i'm getting this right i hope i'm getting this right because i lost for a bit you tell me if i'm getting it wrong Mitchell. that's wasting the minutes um she she puts fake stuff on uh melody so when melody goes out and she brings them back magda can say what did you do you stole my diamonds and she can get a bunch of insurance money and she has the diamonds so she can leave with the insurance money and the diamonds and she's working with the insurance guy on it but what happens, of course... That is correct. Okay, what happens, of course, is that actually someone comes along, steals the fake diamonds, and replaces them with another set of fake diamonds. So when Magda says, these are fake diamonds, she's actually... They are fake diamonds, but they're not her fake diamonds. And that leads to the guy who has the Somebody fake else's diamonds. fake diamonds, Yes, exa- yeah. exactly. So Agnes, who's um, married to the tuxedo kid or whatever the heck his name is, who stole the fake diamonds, shoots her husband and goes after Melody thinking she has the real diamonds. So I think it's it's sort of a lovely thing that when just that moment when Magda sits down with the diamond, the fake diamond, she's like, okay, these are going to be fake and I can start my chicanery. Um, but not realizing that this other stuff has gone on. And I like that quite a bit. I don't think it... Mm-hmm. I, don't I think, think that was a nice double twist. Yeah, I, I don't think it makes... I don't think it fully redeems the sort of lack, lackadaisical um, episode, but I like that quite a bit. Yeah, no, that's why I say that uh, that the, the bones were there, and in a different configuration, it might have been a better episode than it was. Yes, yeah. 
so so that's just that's just a brief that's just what happened in it folks and we're going to wrap up the spoiler time just here how you doing all right Ooh, yeah let it wash over you all right all right i think we're back now i think it's been about two minutes i went on a little too long it took longer to explain i should have taken a spoiler three minute welcome back everyone <laughs> how you doing so that's uh, do you have anything else on this one mitchell i I'm scared my notes. No, I um I think I, I did not take a lot of notes on this to be okay. perfectly honest yeah. because I, I I lost the momentum oh, early yeah. enough. But okay. I think we've covered everything that that I can think of. Okay, okay. So let's I guess so. What we're gonna do here, folks? Hey, uh, surprises! We are gonna take there are 39 episodes. Of Bur- I'm gonna finish a sentence. I just finished one. That's two. Now, I'm going to finish one related to what the heck I'm talking about. There are 39 episodes of Bourbon Street Beat. We are going to take a little break right now, and we are going to have a, for the next few months, we're going to have a brand new old show in here. But Mitchell will be back. I know you guys are saying, like, what, Dan? Come on! Mitchell! Shackleton! <laughs> no, they're actually, they're actually saying... They're probably saying, bless you, my son. Make this as long a break as you possibly can. Oh, you're gonna, in a few months, you're going to be saying, I miss Mitchell so much. Why does it hurt so much? And, uh, but we're going to always take, leave him wanting more. Yes, we're going we're gonna to take a little break right here. Brand new old show. But then we will be back to cover the remaining 19 episodes uh, in a few months. So I, I just, I guess before we wrap up, we've been having some Skype issues, and I think we need to wrap up soon because it keeps crapping out on us. I just wanted to, just your overall thoughts on the first uh, uh, 20 episodes, Mitchell. What, what do you think of Burbage Street Beat so far? Well, first of all, I want to thank you for bringing me into this because oh, yeah. I've had a great time doing these. And because of that, you have you have introduced me to Bourbon Street Beat, a series that I was aware of, that I knew about, but that I had never seen before. So um, I'm I'm thrilled to be involved in this. And I, uh, I, I like this series a lot. As I mentioned earlier, the reason that this episode was a particular disappointment is because overall it's a smart, fun, entertaining show. And I like the characters, I like the stories, and it's very enjoyable. And I share your disappointment that it only lasted the one season uh, because I think that we could have gotten another season or two out of this without too much difficulty. So I think that as a one-season show, it's been a pleasure to watch. It's uh, something that I look forward to every week when I put it on to uh, see the next episode, and I've enjoyed it immensely. And I, I thank you. I I, I forget if we, we said at the beginning, if we did, it was 20 episodes ago, folks. But it was, I... Uh, I I got into the other shows apart from maybe Surfside Six, which I still knock. But maybe I'll see the maybe I'll see the episodes that aren't dumb of Surfside <laughs> Six sometime soon. But but the moment I learned that Bourbon Street Beat was a one season show, I had to track it down. And I did. I watched the first episode and I said, I need to talk this with someone because 39 episodes is too much of me talking by myself. My first thought was I was going to do it as mini-sodes in between the regular episodes like I did with Beyond Westworld. Uh, but Beyond Westworld was only five episodes and nobody likes Beyond Westworld. Well, some of it was okay. Um, but uh, I, I, and so I, I, I remember, I don't, 
No, I didn't. I, I forget why exactly I asked you, Mitchell. But I knew I knew uh, we we'd done several um, things together, some video casts together. I thought, yes, I should ask. I should ask Mitchell. I bet he'd like this. And then you responded with, "My wife and I just started doing like seventy-seven Sunset Strip Fridays or something like that." Uh, was that is that yep, is that more? That than, was okay, it. All right, and I was like, oh, perfect. So I got you copies of the episodes, <laughs> and we have spent the past. Um, well, like every two months or so, we discuss a batch mm-hmm. of episodes. So it's been close to a year, I think, that we've been talking yeah, these. And it's been great fun. It's been super fun. And yeah, I got to say, um, I, I I always hope that I'll love shows like this. Like the 77 Sunset Strips I've seen, I have enjoyed. The Hawaiian Eyes, I really like. Some of them are better than others. The Surfside 6, no, forget it. Uh, but the Bourbon Street Beats... <laughs> I've really, I mean, I've really come to love, I don't know if it's because like they did that thing with the first two episodes kind of were connected, like, like, you know, um, uh, Cal coming on board, you know, and this, uh, joining up in the first one and coming on board in the second yeah, one. Yeah, that kind was of really thing. nice. That kind of gave it a, a lovely continuity, but there is a feeling like, I mean, the best of the shows from this time are, um, even even when they separate the characters and one of them, they're here and other characters the characters don't appear in the episodes and that sort of thing, you love the characters and you want to see what they're doing and you learn about. I always say this like uh, the Rockford Files is always what I use. You know, you learn about Jim Rockford by watching all the episodes. If you just choose one, you're going to have fun, but you're not going to get the overload of sort of character development that today will give you. In here, you'll get bits and bobs here and there. And it will grow and grow and grow until you get 20 episodes in. And you can get an episode like Melody and Diamonds, which ain't the best, which has its moments. Um, but still, you, and you don't you don't go, oh, hell with it. I'm out of here. I'm yeah. done. You know, you, you're, uh, I'm excited. I mean, I'm looking, I'm looking, can I just, here's, here's, uh, I'm looking at the titles of the next episodes. And we have The House of Ledizan or something. I don't know what that is. Target of Hate. What? Ooh. The the missing queen and neon nightmare, neon noodle. Oh yeah, it's just Daffy Duck right there. Neon <laughs> nightmare. I, I I think. I mean, I'm so excited to see what exactly those things are. Yes. You know, just ju- just in the same way that I was excited to see what the ten percent blues was or what knock on any tombstone meant. So I think I'm in. I'm excited. But like I said, we are going to take a little break. Don't don't be sad folks we'll be back and next in the next episode there'll be a fun trust me there'll be a fun uh new sh- old show that you'll enjoy but uh, again mitchell thank you so much and one more time until you return in about three four months or whatever it is i'm not going to give it away six months a year four years he'll be back in you know 20 back again someday <laughs> yes <laughs> one beautiful one beautiful day um where where can we find you online in the meantime, until we meet again, you can always find me at itsabouttv.com, and you can find my book, The Electronic Mirror, at um, Amazon, Barnes & Noble, any good online bookstore, and um, I will um, be haunting you until then. Thank you so much for joining me, sir, and um, I don't know that I have anything to yell. I mean, I, I guess the only thing I'll say right before we go out is, didn't we just have the Mardi Gras like six episodes ago? What's going on? Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. All right. This this will be how we end this. This was something I mentioned to Mitchell right before we recorded. I'm glad I just brought it up loudly. Mitchell, what do you think about this theory? And then we'll end this segment. What do you think about this theory? Um, so in episode 17, Knocking a Tombstone, we have um, uh, Kenny talking beat like kooky. Mm-hmm. Uh, episode 19, we suddenly get narration. 
this episode we get narration and we still get Kenny sometimes talking um, kooky like like saying like hey dad what's up or something like that I forget what he says it's I, I'm not I'm no beatnik folks um, or am I no I'm not uh, or am I no uh, so so but this episode you get narration you get some beat talk and you got some in the last one from Kenny but you also get um, Mardi Gras again and Mardi Gras sort of um, as as big as it was in the previous one uh, Portrait of Lenore I think that's right that was the Mardi Gras one previous right I believe yes, so I think yeah. so and, but, but this is a little more elaborate it has like a scene where you see a huge party of people and like the camera's looking through the chandelier and there are all these streamers and then the camera suddenly swoops down on a crane through the streamers towards Magda and, and Rex and, and it's great you wouldn't have seen this on the original ver- um, uh, probably when you watch it in 60 but if you watch it here you can see hands on the edge of the screen pulling streamers away which is kind of cool because it makes it look like someone's approaching them which i liked um but but it's it's sort of mardi gras but kind of it's a little bigger and there's more to it and it's it's more it's more related to mardi gras than portrait of lenore is which is stealing a painting that isn't involved in the mardi gras this is a beautiful woman in a mardi gras party having diamonds stolen and so i'm wondering i know normally you do 13 episodes and then you would get picked up for more. I'm wondering if, because Knocking Any Tombstone is 17, so I'm wondering if maybe they did the first 16 and then the network gave them notes and said, we need Kenny to be more uh, beatnik. We want some narration to make it a little more hard-boiled. Bring back Mardi Gras, but do it a little bigger. I'm wondering if, if you if you had any of those thoughts when we were watching, say, the last four episodes or so does that does that does does it sound like i'm a crazy person well no it it doesn't uh i i um hadn't thought about it particularly until you mentioned it but i've noticed i i noticed what you've noticed and um plus there's the one where rex is being so tough and two-fisted and it will be interesting to see if this kind of thing carries over in the in the uh in the next few episodes that we watch because the other thing it could be too is that if these are being whether these are being shown in production order or not it could be that it was 13 and 13 and we could be that we just are seeing the 14th 15th and 16th episodes oh, sure. that were filmed so mm-hmm. you may you may be on to something it doesn't necessarily have to be that they did it after 16 instead of 13 it could just be the order that they've shown it but i think that that's certainly um something to wonder about did the network or did the sponsor want to see something different and um, will we see that continuing or or is this just kind of a, a, a two-off or a three-off yes yeah and i i, I will say this not to uh, because I've, I've encountered shows say like gemini man where after after an opening like five or six wonderful episodes they go completely like where the hell are you going where are you going with this show and then it ends it and no one was watching it by the time it got to that point where where they were going but so, so far of of those like past like four episodes i was quite enamored of i would say two of them one of them yep. i really liked and one of them was just a little off um, yes. I, I don't. I don't think Melody and Diamonds was like an, uh, like um, like a, I don't feel like that's are the next step the show is going in. I just felt like they tried something different and it didn't quite work. 
Yeah, I would I agree with that. Maybe, maybe even they were trying to downplay the fact that Melody was in trouble by having Rex and Cal not be as crazy about it. I don't know. But, um, but yeah, I'd love to see what they do, like, in the next, uh, say, the next four episodes or something. And who knows, you guys, it may not be till 2035 that you hear that. I don't know. You know, I don't know. Mitchell, stand by. Talk about a cliffhanger. Mitchell, stand by. <laughs> we'll see you at Shackleton's. Hey everyone. Yeah, I love that chord. It's Dan. I hope you enjoyed episode 64. Oh, uh, episode 64. I hope you had a good time with it. We had a good time making it. Making it. And uh, I gotta stop playing this thing because I can't remember what the heck I'm saying. Um, this is a little tune called My Piano Needs a Tuning. How are you? So, uh, thanks again for listening, everybody. And yeah, next time we'll have a brand new uh, old show on. And yes, Bourbon Street Beat will return and we will finish that up. So, where can you find us online? Eventually Supertrain.blogspot.com, at Supertrain1, over on Twitter, Eventually Supertrain on Facebook, Eventually Supertrain at Yahoo.com, I think is the. Email, I forget now. You can also write to me at dannyslacks at yahoo.com. That's my email, since I forgot the other one. I'll give you that one. You can use that. And what else? Uh, yeah, well, that's about it on here. You know, if, you, if you're on the feed on SoundCloud, iTunes, or Stitcher, uh, One Minute with the European Zombies is still going. And I finally started rocking all week with you. Ba-doo, 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 ba-doo. These days are in the thing with that one guy. Oh, dear. Okay, so that's uh, the Happy Days podcast has finally started. Episode one is up as you're hearing this. I don't have a schedule for it yet, but I'll figure something out. So I guess we're going to wrap this up. Oh, yeah. With a couple of cool ones. Oh, Josh. Josh? Uh, yeah, this, this is why I don't play piano. So what I'm going to do in commemoration of uh, Mitchell, who will be returning, I'm going to give you this big old Mitchell chord, and we're going to wrap it up. Mitchell Ooh, it's like a day in the life.